Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the powerful truth in the basics found in righteousness. Amen. Tonight, we're going to be talking about righteousness, what it is, what it's done for my life. And I'm going to say this. Um, I started this series with the word of God. Righteousness is the number one foundational principle that I think we as believers need to receive because until you get an understanding of righteousness, I don't even know if you're going to work the word. I don't know if you're going to work your faith. I don't know if you're going to work your prayer life. I don't know what you're going to work until you really get it. So we said, we talked about the word of God. We talked about you know, praying, we're going to talk about all these things because they're basics, but I think righteousness needs to be the foundation that all those other things are built upon. So if we're going to build the word, put it on the righteous position, faith, righteous position, whatever it is we're going to speak about, we need to understand what righteousness is. So do you know the truth about righteousness? Well, I think one of the things holding more Christians back is the lack of understanding of righteousness. That's why every day on your, in our life, Satan is trying to convince you and I that we don't have the right to anything that God has given us. That's going to be your fight. Um, you know, I was just talking to somebody not too long ago, and they had a problem show up in their life. And the first thing we do when these things show up is like, what did I do wrong? And what did I not do that God asked? That's, that's not it. The mentality you're supposed to have is a righteous understanding. And once you get a righteous understanding, the enemy is not going to be able to lord over you in any area of your life because it's not based on how you perform your righteousness. It's a position you've been giving me. And God gave it to us. Okay? The enemy is trying to bring you into bondage so he can control your life. But once you understand about righteousness, he won't be able to do that because your whole life needs to be based on righteousness. Your prayer life, your word life, your, your belief system, your whole life needs to be based on righteousness. Now, I'm going to give you a quick refresher in righteousness. I believe it's one of the most powerful um, revelations you can get as a Christian. We're going to get ready to write. We're going to write a book. Uh, matter of fact, I just talked about it today. Um, we, got them in, we got one coming up, getting ready to come out, and then I'm going to start working on this one. I really want you to get a revelation of righteousness because once you do, I don't think nothing can stop you. And it's a fight on the daily. You have to fight. So guys, here's what I'm doing. I love you. I want you to hear me. It's okay that you have to fight every day to get to a righteous position. I understand it because the enemy is relentless in his pursuit to try to almost kind of make you feel unrighteous and he is wrong. He can't stop you but he could sure try to hinder you from a revelation. So let's look at this. So we got to understand something. Sin is number one point. Sin is what separated man from God, okay? And that happened in Genesis 3, 7. We're going to look at it, and when you see this, and you're going to understand it. So God and man were in harmony together, and, you know, God explained to man. He said, look, he said, this can all work out great. I just need you to do things. He said, listen, there's trees in the garden. Don't eat of the tree. Because if you disobey my commandment, you're going you're gonna to mess up the system I have set up for you. 
And we all know the story. And the eyes of them were both open. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord of the God walking in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said, where are you? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. I hid myself. And you know what happened there? God even said to me, he said, how do you know this? Because when you're awoken to sin, shame, fear. So you need to understand this. He never, Adam, now I really, this is going to be really powerful tonight. That's why I need you to share this. We're going to help so many Christians. You're going to help so many. That's why, don't even ask yourself. Click it and share it right now. I don't know. We got to help people see this. The eyes of them were open, and they knew they were naked. They never seen that side of their life. They never seen the guilt. They never seen the shame. I'm talking to you. You hearing me? They, this is Adam and Eve before the fall. Never seen sin. Never seen shame. They're naked. They didn't even have um, that shame to be walking around naked. They sewed fig leaves and covered themselves once they were awoken to sin. So when you got to understand so, so righteousness in God takes away the consciousness of inferiority. There's no sin. Now he sees himself like he was never supposed to see himself. He feels like he's never, I'm afraid. I'm ashamed. I'm uncovered. I'm naked. Who told you you were naked? You didn't even know what naked was because where there's no sin, come on somebody, there's no need to cover Amen? There's no need to hide. You could be open and transparent and exposed and still be clear in conscience. So he's shameful. He's naked. He's, he's basically afraid of God's voice. I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid. Now, what, do you, what happened? When Adam and Eve awoke to sin, righteousness was destroyed. Man's right standing with God was annihilated. That's why God had to send Jesus to reestablish me and you to the position of righteousness. Now, now here's what I want you to see, okay? Because you got you to get a revelation of righteousness. I mean, I'm working on this revelation every day. So are you. We, because of Adam's sin, were made sinners. Okay, you understand that? We were born in Adam. That's how we came in, okay? Because Adam was Adam was the father of us all. Father of us all, okay? Adam in the beginning, man made Adam, man made Eve. God, I should say, God made Adam, God made Eve. But what I was trying to get, what got stuck in my head was man was made in the image and likeness of God. So once he makes man, he goes, okay, now go and multiply the earth. Now we all came out of Adam. So now the minute that Adam has this minute of high treason, man is doomed. You see it? So now everybody born in Adam is bound to hell. And that's the truth. That's lost people in the earth. They're still connected to Adam. Lost people, lost people, non-born again people are connected to Adam. You, you say all the, I'm going to say something. Every religion in the world is connected to Adam, except Christianity. It's true. 
Because in that fall of man, the fallen state of man is man outside of covenant with God. Now, when Christ came, we became Christians because of what Jesus Christ did. Abraham believed God, okay, and he became the father of faith. So now Abraham, by faith, becomes our father. We become the what? The, the, basically, we become the children of Abraham, but the conscious discovery is that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he redeemed me and you, amen? And when we were redeemed from sin because of what Jesus did, because of Jesus, we get to slide into the seed of Abraham. You see it? Because Abraham believed God, it was credited to him for righteousness. I'm not going too fast, am I? So like, just catch this, okay? So everybody's doomed in Adam because Adam sinned. And God's like, man, what am I going to do? So Adam, Adam back is messed up. So Jesus, God comes in the form of Jesus into the earth to redeem mankind. Jesus now gets access because of Abraham's faith. Abraham's faith has now given access for Abraham and Sarah to have what? The seed, the Isaac, the Jacob, the seed, the lineage, to get to the place of Christ, okay? Christ then comes in to the earth, dies on the cross, and gives man brand new access. So through the born-again experience, you need and I need the born-again experience to get out of Adam, because in Adam, we're doomed. So the born-again experience, the you got saved in church experience, the born-again experience is to get out of Adam and get into Christ. The problem with the church is, once you get into Christ, don't try to get back in Adam. He's a fallen man. Half of the church, half of the preaching you and I hear is all about the Adam man. What do you mean defeated? What are you talking about? What are you talking about broken and destroyed? No, 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 no. You're a new creature in Christ, never been one like you before. Victory is the only thing on your horizon. But if you want to identify with Adam, you're going to struggle. See, that's why the new birth reality and the realities of the new birth are so powerful for the believer. Once they're accepted, they have the power to transform the way you do everything. So now the born-again experience is me accepting Jesus Christ so I can get out of Adam and get into Christ. Now, when it's all said and done, everybody in Adam's going to hell. Now, that sounds kind of like, what is he talking about? You understand exactly what I'm talking about. You're in you, but you were born in him. So now his sin came on you. I was, were you there when they ate the tree? <laughs> Man, were you there? Were you there, Adam and Eve, walking around, eating tree, tree fruit? Come on, man. No, you weren't there. Then how come I got to pay the price for what he did? Well, that ain't fair. I know you do enough for your own stuff, but you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, so he didn't listen to God, and because he didn't listen to God, I got to pay the price. Exactly. Because he was the father of us all. But you can't, this this. you wouldn't even have life if he didn't come into motion. So now you got, so now we have to become born again and get in Jesus so we can be made righteous. Now watch this now. Why did I tell you that? 
our standing with God is on the ground of faith in Jesus Christ. Now, you got to understand that. God laid upon Jesus our iniquities. So once I became righteous, I'm out of this thing, man. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.21. I got it in the translation for it. For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us. He didn't know no sin. So that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteous of God through our union with him. Now, did you get that? Jesus was more than a sin offering. He was actually made sin for our sins. Now, that's where you get the Old Testament stuff. Well, they would cover it. The, the sin was covered just like, see, Adam, when he was naked, he wanted to cover himself. That's, that's where sin consciousness comes in because you, you, you're exposed now. You're awakened. You're alive into this. The knowledge of good and evil. You know what I'm saying? So now you're like, oh, my God, I'm naked. Watch this. So you cover sin. So in the Old Testament, when the blood of bulls and goats was, was, was shed, it was to cover through atonement. Fancy word meaning covering. They would atone, but they could not suffice. It was like every year in certain offerings, every time. Certain, but Jesus, once and for all, brought a perfect covenant that didn't cover sin. It destroyed sin once and for all. So sin now can never be a separator. They still had the consciousness of sin even when they brought the sacrifice to cover. Jesus in the New Testament was a once and for all sacrifice, not of blood of bulls and goats, but perfect spotless blood. He was the perfect sacrifice, which not only redeemed me and you from the penalty, not only redeemed me and you from the shame of it, not only redeemed me and you from the, 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 the utter separation from God, it redeemed me and you from a consciousness of it. That's so good right there. Our conscience has been cleared because of what Jesus did on the cross. Now, most Christians don't get there because here's why. Because you make you, your little mishaps you have in the earth cloudy your credibility of your, of your, of your consciousness of your redemption. Your, your little mishaps you have in here. See, now I'm going to tell you something. Sin's thing, and I say this, but this is maybe just me. Sin's sting to the New Testament believer is to their consciousness of righteousness. Because it can't separate me from my position. But it can make me unconscious of my position and therefore make me cloudy in my thinking of what God could do. Because what's the first thing that happens? Once you and I need something from God or something goes wacky in our life or we got to go to the place, we're always looking at our performance to think, is that why that happened? Is this is why I'm going through this? Do I really have the faith to do this? Is my life? Don't build your righteousness in your lifestyle. Build your righteousness and apply it to your lifestyle. See, that's the difference. We go, it's not about being good. It's not about, I be, I, this sounds about, I be good, right? It's like you're three. I be good, so then I'm made righteous. No, you're righteous, now act good. It's an empowerment. It's not, I got to achieve something so therefore I could be righteous. It's I'm righteous and I'm in a position. Why don't I just maintain my position and not stoop down to the level of sin? That's what you do. Because you're like, why? I mean, you ever been to a penthouse? 
know what I'm saying? You ever been in a fat house? You know what I'm saying? Look, man, you've been in a fat house, you're, you're, you're kind of messed up for normal. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be weird, but you're like, why in the world? If somebody said to you, hey, listen, you can go live in a tent outside, or you can go live in the, on the penthouse paid for. Okay, stop being a moron. <laughs> I always got one person, right? Raise your hand if you want to live in a tent in the woods. I do. I do. Well, you're crazy. Cut it out. Go take your spot that God gave you and go to the woods for the vacation in the tent. Don't live in the tent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm laughing. Come on. Comment in there. Laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Funny. Give me the funny emoji. I like that one that's got the open mouth. Looks like it's funny. I mean, I watched myself the other night. I laughed. I don't know how you can't watch me and laugh. I haven't been too funny today because I'm being serious. But when I'm, when I'm on a roll, man, we were rolling, man. I'm hilarious, ain't I, sometimes? You know what these things I come up with? I don't know what I said last night. I make up words. You know what I'm saying? You know, I make up stuff. I, I, I use words. I don't even, is that, is that even a word? I don't know. But everything I'm telling you is true because I give you scripture, but it's my little ways of looking at it. You know that make me laugh? I don't know. I was watching me last night, and uh, I said something, man. It had me, man. I was like, oh, my God, I'm hilarious. You know what I mean? Because uh, it, uh, it really is. I hate watching myself, too, by the way. You know what I mean? I find all my, I, I pick out all my flaws. Like, right now, I'm watching me right now going, oh, my God, will you just be quiet and preach? But, you know, you probably said the same thing, but don't do that because that's not good for you. Amen. Jesus was more than a sin offering. He was actually made sin with our sins. So let me ask a question. If you really believe Jesus took your sin on him and paid the price for it, why do you see yourself like a sinner? Why do you see yourself as a less than? See, this is why you got to get a revelation of righteousness because you're not a less than, you're a more than. See it? He was made unrighteous with our unrighteousness. He was our sin substitute. So if he was the substitute of sin, why do you walk around thinking you're a sinner? He bore our sins and what? And is bearing us. He went to the place of suffering, right, for us. He stayed there until the claim of justice against us had been satisfied. He didn't leave hell till what? Till it was satisfied. He was your substitute. Substitute means you take my place. He was made sin with my sin. He went to prison. He went to prison where sinners were sentenced and suffered, suffered until everything against me and you had been met. I need you to, I need you to get that. He, he didn't commit sin. So all right, let me ask you a question. Well, then who in the world was he hanging on a cross for? Think about what an what a injustice it is for us to go, well, I'm this. No. Who was he paying the price for? It's like this. You get sent to go to life in prison, and Jesus did, says, I'll do the time for you. And he goes in prison and sits there for the rest of his life so you could be free. Would you be sitting there every day at the house? All right, here, watch this. This is going to be a really bad analogy, but you're going to get it, right? You get sentenced to life in prison. You go, oh, my God, I'm going to life in prison, right? And you're like, oh, my Lord. And then all of a sudden, Jesus goes, no, no, no. Hey, I'll take Sarno's spot. I'm going to go do the time for him. I'm like, oh, my God, are you crazy? I'm going in. He goes in. He shuts the door, goes behind bars. I don't go to my house and, and build a cage and stay in the cage in my house and go, I'm in prison too. 
No, he's paying the time so I could be free. He's sitting in the cell so I could have the earth. Would you do that? Would you go put bars all around your house and stay in there and say, I can't leave. I'm doing life. No, he's doing life for you. You would go live life. You wouldn't go enjoy. You would go do while he's over there sitting there paying the price for your, for your sin. That's exactly what Christians are doing when they don't appropriate right what God has done in righteousness. We're living beneath the life. What, what, a, what a slap in the face. Can you imagine if Jesus then, you die and go to heaven, and Jesus is like, are you kidding me? I spent the time in that cell for your sin, and you out there said, doing what you were supposed to. You should have been preaching the gospel. You should have been living the life. You should have been there. Instead, you just sat in a room. You sat in a room paying a price I already paid for you. See, it, it, it brings it to kind of clarity. When the supreme court of the universe declared that what God had wrought in Christ was sufficient, that his sufferings were adequate and met every demand of justice, he declared that Jesus was justified and made righteous. Isn't that good? That is so good. You can see that in uh, Romans 4.25. If you want to look at that scripture, I know I threw that one in there. But if you could see Romans 4.25, you can see, who was betrayed and put to death because of our misdeeds and was raised to secure our justification, our acquittal, making what? Making our account balance and uh, absolving us from all guilt before God. Jesus did that. Man, that's so good, ain't it? So I'm made righteous. So think of this. So now we got to get to this. So do I have righteous consciousness? That's the question. So I know how it happened. So, and, and once I get born again, I become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I step out of, I step out of Chris, right? I step out of PC. I step out of Adam, and I step into Christ. And now I am one with Christ. So he, I'm in him. So if he took on him everything to make us free, we're free. In him I live and move and have my being. So I'm no longer, I'm a Christian. I'm in Christ. I'm a member of the body. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the living God? Amen. So we're in him, he's in us, and we now are free. Glory be to God. You got to get a revelation in this, though. This is by revelation. This ain't by, you know, people like, well, you know, I got. No. We must understand that righteousness means the ability, you got to get a revelation, the ability to stand in the presence of God without the sense of guilt or inferiority. Now, that's going to take a little bit of mind renewing. Stand in the presence of God without guilt and inferiority, yes. This has been the quest for each and every person. We must get rid of sin consciousness. God has dealt with the sin problem in Jesus. He has put sin away by the sacrifice of Jesus. He made it possible on legal grounds for man who was spiritually dead and alive unto Satan to become a new creature by receiving the very nature and life of God. This life and nature of God is righteousness. Do you understand it? The life and nature of God is righteousness. So if God's in you, you're made righteous. The man 
who has received the nature of God has automatically become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So the minute you got born again, you were made. To right. Now, you ain't got no sense about that when you get saved. You're just like, oh, okay. But you have to learn to renew your mind to what you've been made. He may not know it, and you might not take advantage of it, but it's true. The dominion of sin consciousness over your life has been destroyed. But the church world builds it up sometimes too much because we preach too much sin consciousness and not enough God consciousness. And that's why we're in this thing. That's why you're learning who you are. We have death in Adam, but life in Christ. Remember that? That's Romans 5.12. I'm going to read 5.12 through I'm going to read 5.12 all the way to 21 is what I'm going to read, and it's going to be a little wordy, but I want you to see the word. Because I want you to know the word of God's got the power to change your life, not my word only. See, my words connected to the Holy Spirit can bring you revelation, but I got to have this word in me to produce deliverance for you. So when I read this to you, when you hear it, because I understand it, it's coming out not as, it's coming out as, see, there's two sides of the word. There's the logos, which is the written word, and then there's the rhema, which is the spoken word. So as I digested the Logos and put it in me, I got revelation through praying in spirit. And when I spit it out to you, it's rhema. So all you got to do is grab it. It's supercharged. I supercharged it with faith by first obediently receiving it. And then I release it, I'm releasing it in faith. Does that make sense? That's why you could get this thing quick. That's why you need to watch church. I, I, I'll say this. I really believe I'll save you half the time of your spiritual, a great, a great mentor in your life will save you time and money. I will save you years, years of your life. You understand what I'm telling you? I will save you years of your life by you being a constant listener to these messages. I'm guarantee you, because I'll speed your process up. Because what took me 20 years to get, you'll get in five. Because and and you got to be there. It's you can't explain it. I'm telling you, the God's honest truth, though. Therefore, as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, and death was the result of that sin, Adam. So death spread to everyone, me and you. No one being able to stop it or escape its power because all men sin. Now all men sin because of Adam. You understand it? Does that make sense? To be sure, sin was in the world before the law ever was given. But sin is not charged to man's account where there is no law, no transgression. Okay? Yet, death held sway from Adam to Moses, the lawgiver, even over those who did not themselves sin. Positive command. As Adam did. Adam was a type of prefigure of the one who was to come. In reverse, the former destructor and the latter saving. Now, he's saying Adam's, Adam's caused destruction. Jesus caused salvation. That's why they call Jesus, this, in certain scriptural places, Jesus is called the second Adam. See, it's, it was the, it, Adam wasn't just a person. He was the race of mankind. Does that make sense? Jesus is the race of mankind. Now we're of the God kind. Supernatural beings. I'm telling you, you got to talk like this. What do you mean? Why are you calling somebody the second Adam? Because the first Adam was a, a, a was a lineage of mankind. It was a it was a it wasn't just one person. It was the lineage of man in the earth and woman. Jesus now was the only way. That's what I'm saying. It's called split. There's a fork in the road. You know, God's. That's this. This is so good. Did you get that? 
So what he's saying is this. So you, if you ain't born again, you, uh, you know, it's funny. If you ain't born again, you ain't going to heaven. But, I'm a, but I, I, believe in all, I believe in a different religion. Well, guess what? Different religions are in Adam. They don't get you to heaven. You know, somebody said to me, Pastor Chris, you know, you take a pretty solid, strong stance on this stuff. You better believe it. You ain't got no sway in that? Not a one. You're telling me good people that don't know no better? I'm telling you right here and now, there's only one way to heaven. His name is Jesus. Don't give me this good people business. It's the church's responsibility to preach the word. That's why we got to start doing what I'm telling you, sharing and preaching and talking and teaching and telling because good people are going to go to hell because the church doesn't do its job. Now, I'm not going to do it rudely or, or harshly, but I'm telling you now, there ain't no other way to heaven but through Jesus Christ. So how in the world are you going to explain this one if you don't preach it? And the church is over there trying to figure out, well, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Well, start, start, trying to, start trying to help other people make it, and your life will straighten out. We should get excited about helping people, preaching to people, teaching people, sharing. But God's free gift is not to all, is not at all, sorry, to be compared to the trespasses. His grace is out of all proportion to the full of man. For if many died through one man's falling away, Adam, his lapse, his offense, much more profusely did God's grace and free gift that comes through the undeserved favor of one man, Jesus Christ, Jesus, abound and overflow for the benefit of many. That's me and you. Nor is this free gift at all to be compared to the effect of that one man's sin. He's saying that Adam's sin ain't going to affect this new man's freedom. For the sentence following the trespass of Adam, the one man, brought condemnation, whereas the free gift following many transgressions brought justification as an act of righteousness. That's Jesus. For if by one man's trespass, lapse, or offense, death reigned through Adam, much more surely those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift. It may say free gift, free gift, free gift, free gift. Put in a comment, free, I got a free gift. Putting them into right standing with God, reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. That's me and you. Well, then, as one man's trespass, one man's false step in falling away led to condemnation of everybody, Adam, so one man's act of righteousness, Jesus, leads to acquittal and right standing with God and life for all men, me and you. For just as by one man's disobedience, failing to hear heedless and carelessness, the many were constituted sinners in Adam. So by one man's obedience, Jesus the many will be constituted righteous, made acceptable to God, and brought into right standing with him. Okay, here we go. But then the law came, only to expand and increase the trespass, making it more apparent and exciting, exciting opposition. So here's Rabbi. Why did God bring the law? Because you can't live by it. So he brings a law and goes, keep these laws. The children of Israel were dark for 400 years or whatever it was. They didn't hear no gospel. 
They didn't even know how we're going to keep the law. The law only revealed to man they needed a savior. Now that's what happened. It gave them a sin consciousness. Because when you ain't even conscious of sin, you live hellbent. So now he puts the law. And the law reawakens. Now man's lost. Man's depraved, dark, shot out. Don't even have no law. He running around crazy, crazy. God all of a sudden showed up with the law to go, thou shalt not. When the thou shalt not hit the floor, everybody said, who's going to be able to do that? Most people still don't care. They just go back to crazy. But the people that awoke in their conscience said, I, I can't do that. No one can. That's why putting those commandments on a wall is goofy. Besides just looking at them knowing like, hey, that's great. But God has never asked me to fulfill the law. He asked me to receive by faith grace, which makes me a fulfiller of the law. You see what I'm saying? So the only thing the law did was reveal that I'm a sinner needing a savior. So this awoken. But the law came in only to expand and increase the trespass, making it more apparent and exciting, right, opposition. So it's like, we can't do it. But where sin increased and abounded, here comes grace. See what I'm saying? Do the law. Can't do it. You need grace. Where do I get grace? You get grace in God. Oh, okay. Now we, need, we know we need a Savior. God's unmerited favor has surpassed it and increased the more and superabounded so that just as sin has reigned in death, so grace, his unearned, undeserved favor might reign also through righteousness. Right standing with God, which issues in eternal life through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, our Lord, our God, the anointed one. Come on, somebody, you see it? Now, that I'm making you think today. You're like, hey, man, this is a little deep. It ain't deep, it's easy, just take it. So now, what do you got to do? You have to... Um, Righteousness comes to us by taking Jesus as Savior and confessing it. We know he died for our sins according to the scriptures. We know he rose from the dead. He, we know he, was, he produced the justice because he was our substitute. As we take him as Savior and confess him as Lord, we receive God's nature and we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's why he said in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, him, for him who knew no sin, God made to become our sin on our behalf that we might become the righteous of God in him. Did you get that? That's 2 Corinthians 5.21. He who knew no sin, right? Him who knew no sin, God made to become sin. Who that? Jesus. On our behalf. So why is Jesus made a sinner? Because somebody got to pay the price for me. So literally, listen to Jesus. This is why you better hush your mouth about having to go to church, and you better hush your mouth about all this stuff you got to do. You know what Jesus was doing? Just chilling. Hey, Jesus, yeah? Here's the deal. You got to go. You, Sarno's a sinner, and you got to go take his place on the cross. What? That ain't fair. Well, that's what you got to do, son. Okay. That's what happened. That we might become righteous, and the sons of men become the sons of God because the son of God became like the son of man. He exchanged spots. And you over here li living like, li hey, oh, Pastor Chris, why you be preaching that word at us? Because I want you to take your place. You know what an injustice this is? It makes me, it gets me 
aggravated, I should say, because we've been given such a position of power and the church wants to go hide in the corner. You ain't say time for you to hide. It's time for you to rise up. We become the righteous of God in Christ. This righteousness is not an experience. That's why all these fools, these foolish people trying to manipulate. Have you noticed something about the earth? You've seen this just recently. The earth is trying to shut you down, manipulate you to control you. Anything like that, man, their freedom in God. See, the devil's scared. He knows the power the church has. He just doesn't want to step in it. That's why he tries to manipulate the church, never to be able to really say, like, you know, oh, you better not say that. If you say that, they're going to get mad at you. You better not say that. They're going to get mad at you. If you say that, they're going to get mad at you. If you talk about lifestyle, they're going to get mad at you. You talk about gender stuff, they're going to get mad at you. You talk about this, they're going to get mad at you. You talk about that, they're going to get mad at you. You better, they want church, you sit over there and you be quiet. I got news to you, they're scared of you. They're scared of you. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If I say it in the earth, it's as good as God saying it in the earth. No, you're not. You're like God in the earth. That's the church ever takes its spot. What a powerhouse. Okay? Jesus, Jesus took our place and that he was made sin for us. He who knew no sin became sin. Now check this out. Now you got to see this now. Because this is, this, is, this is really good. He, knew, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Jesus was hanging on a cross suspended between the earth and heaven taking your place. In that moment, in that suspension, sin came on Jesus and he was in the middle. And he took heaven and he took the earth and in the middle of it, he pulled them together. He broke down the wall of separation because you want to know why? Heaven couldn't get in the earth and earth people couldn't get into heaven. And he stood in the middle of between two. And if you, you could see it, if you could see it, with well, one hand he reached in heaven and with one hand he kept it in the earth and, and through his death, he, through his body, he shifted the earth forever. That's what he did. That's what he did. He stood between two worlds. He said the middle wall of partition was ripped and he, re, he broke and annihilated and broke through the separation that was there because of sin. And now people in, people in earth, now heaven's assignment could be done in the earth. It couldn't be done until that moment because the earth was, the earth, he couldn't get in the earth. It was, it was unallowed unless he had mankind. See what I'm saying? Prophets are old, the spirit of God would come on them and stuff like that. But now you couldn't really get kingdom heavenly establishment like you're going to do now. And he said the earth people couldn't get to heaven. That's why they all went to Abraham's bosom when they died. There was, no, there was no end. Abraham's bosom is like where the Catholics get purgatory from, but Abraham's bosom was a holding pattern until righteousness was fulfilled. And once Jesus broke the separation between the two, everybody, all the saints that were dead arose because they, they, were, they were holding. They couldn't, you couldn't break through the veil, but he did. It wasn't just a natural veil when it ran, and it wasn't just that. He got heaven to invade earth, and now earth people go to heaven, and now he opened and broke open the means by a flow. That's all in itself, but Jesus, Jesus took our place. That gets me excited because I go over. Jesus, you know what I'm saying? So you don't, don't, you'll, you'll get it. Just stick with me. Jesus took our place. Now, you understand it. Now, he didn't die no death like no normal human. He died the death of a lawbreaker. You understand that? Everybody dies, but he didn't die no natural death. He died the death of a lawbreaker, okay? He died the death of a lawbreaker. He ain't never broke no law. Well, who's, how you die the death of a lawbreaker? He never broke a law. 
Because he wasn't on that cross dying as the lawbreaker Jesus. He was dying on that cross as a lawbreaker you. My God in heaven. Because everyone who commits and practices sin is guilty of lawlessness. For that is what sin is, lawlessness, the breaking and violating of God's law by transgressing or neglecting, being unrestrained and unregulated. Since we've all sinned and deserved death, Jesus has turned this around. You see that in 1 John 3 and 4? Good, now watch this. We all sin. Jesus releases us from the penalty, although he had committed no crime. Jesus was executed as a criminal. In fact, it is because he was sinless that this death avails to us. He had no personal sin to pay for, so his death pays for ours. <laughs> Our legal debt has been paid in full. As the, uh, he, he, come on, somebody. Jesus took our place judicially. You understand that? Bearing the penalty of sin and dying in our place. When you were dead in sins, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge against us and condemned. And listen, this is so good, right? Of all our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Did you get that? Did you get that? And I'm a, I'll show you something here, right? Because I think I got this right. Um, if you go to, um, uh, uh, I want to see this in the, um, if you go to Colossians 2, 11, and I think if we read it in the Passion, 11, 12, and 13, Man, this is going to read some sense. Well, you could even go there. We could go up 10 scriptures. My God, as this starts happening, I start getting into all this, and then I got 100 scriptures to give you. But this passion scripture, this passion scripture should mess you up. I'll give you the first one, right? How about we do this? Let's, get the, let's do this, because I'll keep you here all night. If you go to Galatians, right, If you, go, you can go wherever you were going. My God in heaven, angels will be like, help me, Jesus, this guy. Go to, let's just do this one. Let's just do this one. We'll go read the other one. Well, maybe we'll do righteousness two weeks. I don't know. This is too much to get. Go read Galatians. Um, let's go read Galatians chapter 2 and the Passion Translation, because I got a little bit more quick into this one. Um, let's just go read 2.19.20.21, and we'll give you, that'll be tonight, and then I can come back. And if you want, I'll come back and talk a little bit more about righteousness and spin it in there, because we got some more. This, bas this is back to the basics. Ain't this cool? You know? I don't know. I love this stuff. So in the Passion Translation, 2.19.20.21, and we're going to go for there. But because the Messiah lives in me, I now have died to the law's dominion over me so that I can live for God. You see that right there? So now I'm dead to that law. I'm dead to the law that came to show me where sin was, and I'm dead to the sin that was in the law. So I'm dead to all of it. I'm alive to Christ. Now, this is big. My old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah. So that means I was crucified when my identity no more longer exists in who I think I am. I'm not that person. And no longer lives. Now listen to this. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. I want you to see you. I want, to see, I want, to see, I want you to see you up on that cross with him. Because that's what it was about. 
And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. So that is why I don't view God's grace as something minor or peripheral. For if keeping the law could release God's righteousness to us, the anointed one would have died for nothing. Boom, mic drop. I'm out. What, what, am I gonna, what else can I do? You need to sit in that. Meditate, marinate, pull it in. Did you get that? I'm, I'm like, boom, I'm gone. This is what he did. So you can't keep the law. So trying to be good makes you bad. That's, I'm going to try to, no, once I start trying to be good, he said this, now you're, 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 you're resurrecting the law and saying, oh, I'm going to be good, so now that I'm good, you got to do something for me, God. God's like, no, just show up like you are and lean on grace and righteousness and grow, but don't try to be good. What do you mean good? Walk in righteousness. Church, I'm going to tell you right now, we got to come back to this. This is good teaching. This is going to change your life. I love you. That's why I do this stuff. This was a, I, I, I know as we get there and we're, we're flushing through our head the ideas that what we think we are. We're not. We're the righteous God in Christ Jesus, man. Righteousness, let me tell you, a lot of people are all hot to trot about grace. I love grace. Grace is a great teaching. It is. But grace is just empowerment through righteousness. Well, that's all it is. See, God's grace is, is, is really understood through righteousness. And once you understand righteousness, you know grace gave it to you. So then grace is, isn't as strong on its own. Its strength is found in your righteous position. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? So you're like, oh, I got the grace for it. Well, yeah, understand the righteous position. Then the grace becomes even more empowered. And now you can go live the life because grace is not a license to sin. It's an empowerment factor for you to grow. Does it make sense? Because grace is God's ability in you and me allowing us to do what we could not do by ourselves. It's based in the revelation righteousness. The revelation of righteousness now gives my life a new grace it didn't have before. So I got to get back to righteousness. So I'm going to say this, and I'm going to let you go. Righteousness is the foundational principle I think you need to build your whole life on. I really do. Because when you hear the word you can kind of, you hear this stuff, eh, you got to go back to that righteousness. I was made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and God's got a great plan for your life. Amen? So listen, we're going to talk more about it. Amen? I promise you it's true. Don't forget, click today, share today, get it out there. We want to help some people. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person at the sound of my voice. I know they hear me. I know they're making changes. I know they're seeing transformation. I know they're walking in victory, power, and glory because of how good you are in their life. Father, let them get a revelation of righteousness and let them walk as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus in the earth. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Well, praise the Lord, guys. I'm pumped about what's happening at Relevant. We're going to see you Sunday morning, 9 and 1030. Don't forget, 1030s live. Hallelujah. Come on, be in the building with us. Amen. And we're excited for you. We're excited to push into the momentum, making 2021 the best year of your life. We love you and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.